Welcome to Red Carpet Rosters Podcast, your hub for film awards, fantasy advice, betting advice, some history, and the Academy Awards themselves. I am your host, John Richards of RedCarpetRosters.com. Let's get to it. The 95th Academy Awards were announced last night, and if you're listening to this podcast, you already know who the winners are. I mean, come on, I'm not going to waste too much of your time. I will say, though, that only three movies came away with multiple wins. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Not only won Best Picture, but won a total of seven awards. More than the five that I predicted. More on that later. All Quiet on the Western Front won five awards. And The Whale went two for two, winning Best Actor and Best Makeup and Hairstyling. Top Gun Maverick, Women Talking, and Avatar The Way of Water were the other Best Picture nominees to win something. While five of the Best Picture nominees, The Banshees of Inisherin, Elvis, The Fablemans, Tar, and Triangle of Sadness were completely shut out. Also, Ruthie Carter became the first black woman to win two Oscars in any category, while Michelle Yeoh became the first Asian woman to win Best Actress. I'm also excited for next year because we always watch the previous Best Picture winner the night before the Oscars, so looking forward to rewatching everything, everywhere, all at once in a year. As promised, I'm doing a post-mortem on my own predictions. I only went 18 of 23, but at least I hit on all the shorts categories. And my biggest surprise was production design. It went to Christian Goldbeck of All Quiet on the Western Front. I also missed on Houchka of All Quiet on the Western Front, winning Best Original Score. I predicted Justin Hurwitz of Babylon. I missed Ruthie Carter. I'm sorry. She designed costumes for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, and I really should have known better because her star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame is literally across the street from the Dolby Theater. And I didn't predict Paul Rogers or Daniels, something that looks foolish in hindsight. Of course, Paul Rogers won for editing and Daniels won for original screenplay for everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, well, there's always next year. Despite only going 18 of 23, I also promised a postmortem on betting picks. This podcast is only three episodes old, so the value in the picks during this podcast were really break even. However, if you had followed me from the very beginning in late January on my blog, and if you were bold enough to bet the same amount on all the picks I suggested, even the long shots, you would have seen a 50% rate of return. You heard that right, 50%. That would have been even higher if you didn't spend a whole unit on those long shots, like Tar winning Best Picture at 3300 Not too shabby for less than two months of investment. Here are the notable hits, and some of these will surprise you given what you know now. I suggested Jamie Lee Curtis thrice at plus 160, plus 450, and a whopping plus 1800 before the nominations even came out. Daniels, when he was paying plus 700, you heard that right, plus 700 at one point was the betting line for Daniels to win best director. Ruthie Carter, I just mentioned her. She was at plus 200 when I took her, and she was at plus 200 late into the season. Took Michelle Yeoh at plus 200, plus 190, plus 110, and minus 125. Everything Everywhere All at Once to win Best Picture was something like minus 2,000 before Oscar night. I suggested it at minus 165 and also at plus 150. Top Gun Sound, I hit at plus 125. Brendan Fraser was at plus 120, plus 100, minus 150, minus 150, and minus 185. An Irish Goodbye, the uh, short uh, live-action film at plus 115 and plus 110. And lastly, Kiwi Kwan was something like 
I don't know, minus 3,000 or something absolutely ridiculous like that the night before the Oscars. I got them at minus 275. That's above my minus 200 threshold, but come on. I knew I could lock that one in early, and that is a huge line movement. So I tell you all of that to tell you this. Follow me, subscribe, read the blog, whatever you have to do to get access to my betting picks. It will work out for you. And I don't make any suggestions that I'm not willing to do myself. And if I don't feel too comfortable doing it, I tell you up front to tread lightly. So make sure you're following me for next year to uh, rake it in big on those betting picks. So I gave you a postmortem on my predictions, postmortem on my betting picks. Let's talk about the Film Awards fantasy postmortem. So I was in two red carpet rosters uh, fantasy leagues this year, in addition to running the site. And I'm going to lose all credibility here, but I didn't finish first in either of them. My original league, who has been banging around for four seasons now, and we took a break during the 2020 season, are skilled Film Awards fantasy players. Tough, tough competition. And I got fifth in my own league. The other league, with Paolo of the Oscars Death Race podcast as commissioner, was a little more successful where I got second to the most active fantasy manager of any sport I have ever seen, Nico. Shout out to you, Nico. Hope to see you back next season. He also won the the public Citizen Kane League. So we do have public leagues. We do have private leagues. If you want to sign up or even run your own league, it's really easy to do. Just sign up on the site, redcarpetrosters.com. Leave me a little note if you want, and you'll be set up for next season. We begin drafting in October, so you have oodles of time. But who were the major fantasy film award contenders? You're in luck, because I will now reveal the The old fantasy fantasy teams. teams. Just a reminder, default setting is the fantasy teams have 10 starters. The starters are a motion picture, an actor, an actress, a director slash screenwriter, an animated slash international slash documentary feature, an editor slash cinematographer, a production designer slash costume designer slash makeup and hairstyling team, a score composer slash sound team slash songwriter slash visual effects team, and to flex, which can be any position. It's just like fantasy sports. Those are the positions and points are nominations and wins. Check out the FAQs if you're interested in more details. Link in the show notes. Okay, without further ado, here is the first team all fantasy squad. For picture, it's everything, everywhere, all at once with 258 points. It's unusual to see a picture atop the leaderboard in total points, but this film had virtually no competition at all the precursor awards. It also got its fair share of genre points. Usually the points are more spread out for pictures, but mm, not this year. In actor, we have Ki Hui Kwan with 159 points. He had little competition, even, even if he lost the BAFTA to Barry Keoghan. Actress is Michelle Yeoh with 138 points. Sensing the theme here, the eventual Oscar winner was also popular with the precursors, pretty much getting at least a nomination at every ceremony. For director slash screenplay, Daniel Kwan with 231 points. The most lovable director with imposter syndrome is on the first team. He got loads of points for both directing and writing. An animated international documentary, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio with 147 points. Early in the season, documentaries reigned supreme, but by the end, everyone threw their weight behind Pinocchio. For editor-slash-cinematography, it's Paul Rogers, editor for Everything Everywhere All at Once with 89 points. It's rare for an editor to be on the first team, especially because more ceremonies award cinematography than they do editing. 
This is a testament to how loved everything everywhere was. In production, costume design, and makeup, Catherine Martin, production and costume designer for Elvis with 75 points. The fact that she was a dual threat to double dip points for being both production designer and costume designer made her a shoe in for the first team. And score sound song VFX, Daniel Scheinert, the other Daniel of Everything Everywhere All at Once with 231 points. But wait, you ask, why is Daniel Scheinert in this category? He didn't even earn any points for the song he wrote for Everything Everywhere. You're right, he didn't. But because he wrote an original song, just not the original song that got points, This Is A Life, that gave him eligibility to be in the score, sound, song, VFX starting slot. It's like Tom Brady rushing for a touchdown. Doesn't happen often, won't happen next season, but hey, points are points. And in the two flex spots are Martin McDonough, writer-director of the Banshees of Inisherin, with 152 points, and RRR with 138 points. Despite RRR not being eligible for the Oscars because India chose to submit the Blast Film Show instead of RRR, limiting its upside. However, RRR got nominated a lot at the other ceremonies that don't require submissions from their respective countries. In the second all-fantasy team, we have the following. In the picture, it's the Banshees of Inisharan with 126 points. Actor Colin Farrell with 124 points because he was a critic's darling for the Banshees of Inisharan despite losing the Oscar to Brendan Fraser. Actress Kate Blanchett with 112 points, who was ahead of Michelle Yeoh earlier in the season. Writer-director Todd Field with 128 points instead of Martin McDonough, who got a flex spot on the first team instead. In the animated international documentary slot is documentary Fire of Love instead of RRR, who also got a flex spot on the first team. In the editing cinematography slot, Claudio Miranda of Top Gun Maverick did enough during the regular season to be on the second team with 89 points. If you are listening very closely, that's a tie with Paul Rogers on the first team. But because Miranda got ruthlessly snubbed for an Oscar nomination, the edge went to Paul Rogers. Production designer Florencia Martin of Babylon is in the uh, production costume and makeup slot with 57 points. In the score sound song VFX slot is the VFX of Avatar The Way of Water with 76 points. It's rare to see a visual effects here, but Avatar The Way of Water is a rare film. Usually these all-star teams include a score composer, but not one clear frontrunner emerged from the field. And flex spots go to Charlotte Wells for her debut feature After Sun with 124 points. She pretty much won all the breakthrough awards and was the biggest sleeper pick of the season, except for maybe RRR. And the final flex spot is Top Gun Maverick with 118 points, who got nominated everywhere and won most of the genre awards for the ceremonies that had them. And those are your two all-fantasy teams. If you recognized those names, then a Red Carpet Rosters League is for you. Sign up already. So, what's next? The 2022-2023 season is over, but that doesn't mean the podcast is over until October. Oh, no, no, no. I will be releasing episodes nearly weekly talking about some history of the Oscars, the films that have been released this year that you should be paying attention to for next awards season, and other features, including interviews with other film awards fancy nerds, film nerds, and just plain nerds. There's plenty to discuss as we make a list of films, cast, and crew eligible to be on your team next season. When I saw Everything Everywhere All at Once back in April, I thought, hmm, that Jamie Lee Curtis and Michelle Yeoh could totally win an Oscar for this. And that was in April, folks. So listen, 
I will also spend the offseason making improvements to the site and the gameplay. Again, check the, check the FAQs in the show notes for more rules of Film Awards Fantasy Leagues. Some rules that will be considered for change include how to handle documentaries at documentary-centric awards, taking a deeper dive into the Guild Awards to make sure they are equitable, like the Annie Awards and the Visual Effects Society Awards have a lot of categories, unlike, say, the American Cinematographer Society Awards. Have some more flexible waiver rules. Do we include BAFTA long lists? What to do with runners-up for the ceremonies that have them, since there's currently no points for those if nominations were previously announced? And lastly, nailing down our criteria for including ceremonies or excluding ceremonies because a lot of entities give film awards, and some of those entities are not included in Red Carpet Rosters leagues. There's almost a one-to-one relationship to a site that I rely on heavily called Next Best Picture. Check it out. But I also don't want to limit points. And I will end this episode with some betting picks. Ah, just kidding. Uh, However, Bovada does have live betting lines right now for the 96th Academy Awards. All this is doing is just uh, alerting you to some films to look forward to. I'm not touching any of these. But some films to look forward to, maybe uh, film cast and crew on your fantasy team, include Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, which is Martin Scorsese, Bo is Afraid, that's an Ari Aster flick. The Color Purple, Barbie, Maestro, Asteroid City is on there. The Killer, Dune Part 2 is coming out. So a lot of preparations need to be made for next season. And uh, who knows, all of these films will probably be uh, represented on someone's fantasy team somewhere or everything everywhere. So stay tuned. Turn on notifications for future episodes of this podcast. Thank you to Patrick Richards for writing the show music exclusively for the Red Carpet Rosters podcast. This is John. Thanks for listening. See you next time.